Thank you for listening to Believe. My name is Nicholas Upchurch. Now here's a great clip from our show where we discuss with you our universe. From Miami Beach, Florida, welcome to Believe. I'm Nicholas Upchurch. Thanks so much for joining us. Our website is believe.love. Join us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash believe loves you. We want to help you to succeed and find your own truth. We have so many great guests. We have another great one on our show today. It's a real treat for us to have this gentleman on. And I want to help you to make sense of the universe. You know, if we're thinking about the big picture, we're talking about, sure, money and business, true success, health and wellness, world news and our universe, and really all those things actually kind of go together. I think it's important to live our daily lives, but then when you really think about it, why are you here? What's your purpose? And Mark, Mark D'Antonio has done such a great job bringing to light some things in a scientific way that some people, you know, they they don't really, uh, they they might not take it so seriously, but we're going to talk to him today about a variety of topics Uh, I'm going to introduce Mark in a second. Somebody emailed me again about, you know, actually they're trying to succeed. They're trying to, for them, they need to make money. Um, We've done, uh, I've built a couple businesses online. I wanted to, again, address something where you can get a free trial of this this software called ClickFunnels. So ClickFunnels, when you go to www.believe.love, I'm going to type it in here for YouTube viewers. They can see this, www.believe.love. Dot love forward slash click free, it'll take you to the ClickFunnels page where you can actually get a free 14-day trial. And what, what ClickFunnels is, it's basically a service for people that don't want to spend a lot of time um, with coding, website building, or design, and you want to get a sales funnel up fast online. So what that means is that if you don't use ClickFunnels, which I, I've built websites and use shopping carts, and then you got to get your email autoresponder, you got to get a web host, you got to upload your pages, and then you have to make sure they're going to convert. ClickFunnels actually has landing page um, templates you can use, high converting landing page templates that you can drag and drop. They have a checkout process already built in, so you don't have to get a separate shopping cart. So when you think about building your online business, All of this stuff is already done for you and you get a 14-day free trial and it saves you a lot of time and money because it's one thing just to think about building a business. It's another thing to actually do it. And uh, so I think it's a great resource. Somebody emailed us again. I wanted to tell you about that. But I want to introduce for you right now a really great guy. Mark D'Antonio has a degree in astronomy and is the Mutual UFO Networks or MUFON He's their chief photo and video analyst. He is CEO of FX Models, a model-making and special effects company specializing in digital and physical models and organic special effects in the film industry. He has an extensive work history in film and television. He's appeared on a number of networks, CNN, Discovery, Sci-Fi, History, National Geographic, uh, Science Channels, And he also creates visual effects props, directs visual effects shots, and creates CGI for productions. Um, His efforts creating UFO2. Now, how I'm I'm, going to bring in Mark right now. How do I say this? UFOTOG2. Is that right? 
Yeah, thanks for that wonderful introduction. Actually, that that that's very kind. I'm. Uh, <laughs> it's actually uh, Doug Trumbull created uh, the original device. It was called UFOTOG. Now it's a combination of the word UFO and photog, which is how, in the early days, they used to refer to photographers as ah. photogs. So he called it UFOTOG, and uh, we're gonna. We're going to change that name because uh, you know, we're actually striking out more in the science arena, uh, although UFOs and you know, the study of extraterrestrial life's possibilities is my passion and, and Doug's passion as well. Wow. So, uh, well, I tripped up on the intro. I mean, it wasn't the nah, best, but you're, you're great. I mean, everybody knows that you're great. Now, if I would have known ahead of time how to say that, that would have been good. But anyway, I, I, I'm so honored that you're here, Mark. Um, so you're working with uh, Academy Award winner Douglas Trumbull, and you're looking to bring ufology into the 21st century. So we might as well, it would be great to start there. How do you guys plan to do that with UFOTOG? You say this, please, because I'm tripping. I'm dying <laughs> yeah, over here. Save me, please. The, the, the original name was UFOTOG 2 because he okay. created a, a device. UFOTOG was an original design from Doug. He actually uh, built a Humvee that had a uh, opening roof and this telescopic array would arise out of there on a hydraulic lift and point in any direction and be able to track uh, anomalies in the sky. Well, it was one device, one vehicle. And I met Doug five or six years ago or so. And uh, we uh, started, we, we, hit it, we hit it off very well right off the bat. And uh, so I said to him, what if we could just miniaturize that? And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And I said, so if we miniaturize this down to a small little turkey plate, you know, turkey serving platter size object you know, with full of sensors and cameras, maybe then we could actually make lots of them and deploy them across the world. Oh, wow. And then basically have a visual, uh, you know, uh, observation posts and listening posts all over the world. And that's the, that's a, that's the, the nature of UFOTOG. That's where we are going with this. Now, because it's not going to focus just, I mean, it is going to look for UFOs, of course. That's it was its primary directive. But uh, because we're going to also be looking at meteorites to come into the atmosphere, and because it might also participate in, in an asteroid search, looking for asteroids that are previously unknown, uh, with its super sensitive cameras, uh, it's very possible that this is going to end up getting renamed to something like the Aerial Anomaly Detection System. Well, simple-minded no. people like me could say that, at least. So UFOTOG2. Now, I, I actually wrote it out phonetically. So people can Google that right now, and you may change the name, but U-F-O-T-O-G-2, correct? Yeah, and, and you'll find that I, I talk about it all over the country. I've spent uh, the last a couple of years at least discussing it with folks. Um, but really, uh, the, the key thing is that we look at our place on Earth. We look at how the genesis of life occurred here on Earth. Again, we don't actually, we, we actually just need to look at the Earth itself. We have to look at just, you know, moons in our solar system, uh, like uh, Enceladus at Saturn and Europa around Jupiter. And we see that the potential building blocks of life are, are there, too. And, uh, and that's not just the only place. There are many, many places in the solar system where this is occurring. And here on Earth, they occur as well. It just so happens, though, that Earth is right in that not-too-hot, not-too-cold zone around our star uh, called the habitable zone. And that's a wonderful place to be, and that is the place where life could explode and proliferate. 
and it has. And uh, I've made some observations about the uh, it, you know a, a rise, the rising uh, nature, the uh, sorry, the uh, the life on Earth and how it arose. And I've discovered, well, observed anyway, that all higher life forms on this planet, from you know uh, certain and you know four-legged animals on up, they all have a bilateral symmetry. They're all symmetric. They all have uh, a brain. They all have eyes of some form or another. They all have some type of sensory apparatus. They all have the ability to have four legs, back legs, or uh, arms and, and legs. This template for life didn't have to be, but this is what the Earth created all by itself. Now, what does that mean? That means that perhaps the universe itself is providing a template for how life might arise on a suitable planet. And so we see here on Earth, we see this type of thing. We see it all over the place here. We can't get away from it. It's in the deepest ocean. It's in the coldest environment. Okay. And the, those those creatures that live there are extremophiles. They they endure extreme temperatures one way or the other, harsh conditions that we would never be suitable for. And these extremophiles uh, point the way to us uh, that uh, and show us that life elsewhere in the solar system is is potentially probable, and not life like us, but just microbial life or maybe something slightly above microbial life maybe buried inside underneath the, the surface, of, surface of Mars, uh, there might be microbial life. After all, there was a, a bloom of methane that showed up out of nowhere oh, uh, yeah. and, on, on Mars. And that's interesting because it could be either volcanic or biological. Now, because Mars is, looks like it's tectonically dead, uh, it's, it's interesting because it indicates it may be those uh, methane, uh, uh, th that methane outflow might have been something related to a biological source. And if that's the case, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of discovery left to do here, just I in our solar system. I would agree. So, yeah. so Mark, Go ahead. Yeah. when you, with your work for MUFON, which I understand is quite a scientific organization, right? So, so they really break down the science of space and in analyzing possible extraterrestrial, uh, you know, that, that presence. They're very into, you know, the science of it. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, the, the, the Mutual UFO Network Charter is the uh, investigation of UFO, the scientific investigation of UFOs for the benefit of humanity. Okay. And, and so uh, with a charter like that, uh, it kind of points the way to the organization and tells people who join the organization just kind of what we're about. Um, we're not full of stuffy, you know, stuffy headed people. I mean, look at me, I'm in a sweatshirt and a t-shirt and, you know, I'm an astronomer. This is what we look like. That's right. I <laughs> you see know? you're like in a lab or something. What it, you're in a, and this is actually my office. Okay, okay? cool. And you see, it's, uh, it's actually, uh, that's quite a it, door right there. Yeah. That's a, that's a hatch, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, there, there's a hook in the ceiling right there. That's okay. Cool. That's, that's a, you know, hook. I got, I love uh, this. I have portholes for my real uh, for my there's windows. Your, actually, there's, a, there's your first sale up there, two dollar bill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. so you were saying about MUFON. Yeah, so uh, MUFON is is uh, a scientific organization. We have a science review board where we will examine cases that come in. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, people who join MUFON run the gamut. They're they're people who are firm believers that you know you know that whatever they see in the sky could be a UFO. 
Uh, there's people that are hardcore skeptics where they think that anything that's in the sky is certainly not a UFO. I mean, we have everybody at uh, all levels and all, all ends of the scale. My personal feeling is that, you know, as an astronomer, I'm a science guy. So when I look at the exoplanets, which were my, uh, that's my specialty in astronomy, is planets around other stars. And when you look at exoplanets, you look at the fact that there's potentially tens of billions of Earth-like planets just in our one galaxy, just in our galaxy. And that okay? number keeps now, going up, right? Because NASA it, it, used to not say there was any, and now there's there was one billion. Now there's now you're ten billion. Is that right? Yeah, well, there's several billion at least, you know, and and at the low end, uh, you know, the there was a the, the Drake equation by Frank Drake. He actually, depending on what you put in for numbers, you'd multiply it out, and you might end up with one, okay, civilization. But that's before we knew anything about, you know, how many planets there are out there. That 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 original Drake equation was was pretty pessimistic, but some later. Uh, some later reworking of that Drake, of the Drake equation have, has come up with these numbers, which are, are kind of astounding. I mean, it, at the lower end, uh, one of the more conservative estimates says 24 million Earth-like worlds wow. in our galaxy. Now, uh, you can't even imagine what a thousand of anything looks like That's as right. human being. Just imagine trying to put, put uh, you know, around your grasp the concept of what 24 million somethings would look like. And these somethings are other worlds that could be habitable, um, you know, and that's the estimate. Now, you know, this all came from a fist at arm's length, you know, view of uh, the constellation of Cygnus the Swan in the summer sky uh, that was looked at by the Kepler Space Telescope. And it caught uh, a number of planets that were passing in front of their star as seen from the Earth. And when they do that, there's a little bit of light that gets uh, you know, subtracted out of the starlight as the planet passes in front of it. That's called a transit. And when that light dims, we could catch that. And when we caught that, we actually said, okay, the light's dimming by this star. Okay, so let's call that a candidate. And what they do is they wait to see if they can repeat it. If it comes back periodically, then it means it's something not systemic to the star, like a sunspot or a solar storm of some kind, but something around the star. And so further tests can be uh, used to determine whether that something is actually a planet. And so uh, that's why when, uh, when they announce that some planets have been found around the star, what you're hearing is a culmination of several years worth of, of study. Because you don't, they don't just say, oh, I think we found a planet, announce it quick. They don't do that. Okay, if they think they found a planet, they just store it and they go back they look it over and they redo it, they retest it, and they, they make sure that it's repeatable because a planet will you know, steadily go around its star over and over again. You know? Now, if that planet happens to be far away from the star, as seen from here, I mean, meaning if it's the distance of Mars, then it's going to take it a couple of years to go around its star. So, you know, we have to wait a couple of years to get confirmation. See what I mean? So uh, it's, it's not a process that actually, uh, you know, is a one, two, three, okay, we got it, you know. Uh, now, taking that a step further, uh, and this is why uh, exoplanets are so incredible, if these planets have an atmosphere, then we want to be able to detect what's in that atmosphere. So uh, in next year when the James Webb Telescope goes up, 
it'll have the capability with its really, really high-end infrared telescope uh, cameras to look at the atmospheres of these uh, exoplanets and see if there is an atmosphere that we know and love. Now, this is only for life like we know it, life like us. But as I said, you look at how we formed. You look at how creatures on this planet formed. All the creatures in this planet utilize oxygen. Now, it might be uh, one of these cause and effect things. There's oxygen, so any animals that evolve will use oxygen, perhaps. Or it was a template, you know, and that an overabundance of oxygen in the atmosphere creates this explosion of life, perhaps, because of its mere, uh, you know, presence. Now, uh, we look at the Earth and we say that we have an oxygen atmosphere. Uh, the thing is, planets don't like having oxygen in their atmosphere, okay? Oxygen likes to get out of the atmosphere as quick as it can and bind with other things. That happened on Mars. Mars once had a lot of water vapor uh, and, a, and a heavier atmosphere, but what happened was Mars didn't have a magnetic field, that, or if it did, it went away you know, as the core of the planet cooled. And when that happened, the chemicals, the, the H2O, the, the water vapor in the Martian atmosphere was being bombarded by the ultraviolet rays from the sun and, and, and what's called disassociated, broken apart. So you get little H2, little uh, you know, hydrogen molecule and oxygen. And oxygen sitting there now, what's it going to do? Well, it goes down into the ground and it binds with the compounds in the ground very, very quickly and very easily. Okay? It loves to oxidize things. So in the case of Mars, a lot of the oxygen went into the soil. And what did that result in? That resulted in many uh, iron oxide compounds. And we know iron oxide is rust. And what color is rust? Red. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And that's why Mars is red, basically, right? So um, it's more complicated than that. But on, on the, on the, at the, from the 30,000-foot level, that's, that's what was going on. Uh, and, but over time, over millions and millions of years, the remaining oxygen in that, in that whole ecosystem and that whole planet disappeared into the soils and leaving carbon dioxide okay, and uh, uh, some other trace elements in the atmosphere but the atmosphere is only 0 0.08, uh, the, the, the density of our own. So it's hardly breathable. It's, it's almost a vacuum. It's, it's pretty much nearly a vacuum when, for, for humans. So when you look at the pictures of Mars, you see these clouds in the sky, perhaps, which you do. Uh, you have to understand that that's a very tenuous, thin atmosphere. So Mars had its own unique history. Okay, so And, and other planets around other stars will, too. Now... This could result in there being uh, less life than we thought there was out there or more life than we thought there could be. Because until we dove on the uh, Juan de Fuca Ridge uh, off Oregon's coast and with the Alvin in 1975, that's Project Famous, until we dove on that, we didn't realize that there could be these deep ocean vents mm. where little oases of life were, th were there. It's just incredible. And uh, this told us that the life there can't depend on the sunlight. So it has to depend on something else. It turned out that something else was chemical processes. So we found photosynthetic life on the surface of our planet, the algae and the plants and so forth, the plankton. But then we found at the bottom of the ocean yet more life in what was thought to be in a 
abysmal, abyssal plain, basically. Well, anyway, these life forms depend on chemosynthesis, chemical synthesis, and they basically uh, bacteria that feed uh, on uh, the methane, and there's creatures that feed on the bacteria, and there's creatures that feed on the creatures that feed on bacteria, and it makes a whole ecosystem uh, right there. And these little tiny events, these little oases of life. This told us that there was probably a possibility of finding another such thing uh, elsewhere. And sure enough, on Enceladus, Saturn's little 300-mile diameter moon, at the south pole of that little moon, we actually found geysers shooting up. Okay, this was a known thing. But then we found that these geysers contained certain elements that indicated that maybe methane was being produced underneath the icy crust of Enceladus. And so they postulated the possibility of, a, of, a, of an ocean, a shallow ocean underneath Enceladus, uh, the, the icy mantle. And uh, that, that could have fostered life that created, um, you know, an uh, uh, oasis like we see here in the bottom of our oceans, perhaps. We don't know any of this for sure, but we do know that all of the indicators are there, that it could be very possible. And now we see the same thing at Europa, which is a much bigger moon. It's like almost 2,000 miles in diameter, and that's a moon of Jupiter. So, uh, well, And that might have like a 60 to 90-mile deep ocean. So there, there's a lot of possibilities here. 